crosstalk, the unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels, a casual conversation. Episode 035, the monthly podcast of gamers talking about tech science and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, Anthony Rossi, and with me, this episode is founder of Queenship Game Studios, Muse and Lestrala. Muse. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's going good. And I am embarking on a series of live episode recordings right now. Normally, I do this over the interwebs. But at the past few cons that I've been to, I've met a bunch of local people, and I'm reaching out to some of the local people, local peeps, uh, contributors in the area. So this actually gave me a fantastic opportunity. You were able to book a room at the Tech Valley Center. Am I getting this name right? Tech Valley Center of Gravity. Correct. And this is pretty cool. So how about... (laughs) So I'm going to let you be like the spokesperson for a second. Just like describe the, the facility that we're in. Okay. Um, so I work uh, out of the Tech Valley Game Space, which is housed in the Tech Valley Center of Gravity. Okay. And it's a tremendously large uh, co-working space and uh, maker space in the Quackenbush building in downtown Troy. So in the basement, we have we have a wood shop, we have a metal shop, we have glass and sculpting. And upstairs, we have co-working, we have electronics, we have fiber arts, we have... Um, the Thinkubator, which principally houses children's programming. So we have all kinds of good stuff going on there, and it's really beautiful. It's beautiful yes. space. And before we recorded, I mentioned how I was with Gaming Insomniacs, and they're in another co-working space in downtown Schenectady. So I hopped over the river. I'm now in downtown Troy. <laughs> so it's in up all the capital region uh, gaming hotspots. And it's mostly... It's very open. Like, everything is very open. But I love these concepts of these shared workspaces Mm -hmm. because there's so much going on. And we'll talk about this towards the end of the episode. But the reason why I've been doing the Capital Region Unlocked segment, there's so much happening in the Capital Region. And a lot of people are just striking out on their own. And this is the type of game that I want to see, that I want to play. Mm -hmm. So... Gosh darn it, I'm going to make Let's it. do it, yeah, absolutely. So, so how you been? I've been good. I've been extremely busy, as you <laughs> might imagine, um, between, you know, Queenship and, uh, you know, my, my other musical pursuits, mm-hmm. and I'm also, um, I'm heading back to school in, like, three weeks to finish a vocal performance degree at UAlbany. Fabulous. So, and just, it, I feel like the process of re-enrolling in school is, like... Uh. It's a whole journey in and of itself because of the paperwork and the emails and the phone calls. It's just a mess. So much paperwork. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much. So very much. So very much. So, um, what was this? Bachelor's? It's my for my bachelor's. For yeah. bachelor's, okay. Um, I uh, I began my collegiate journey in 2000, <laughs> um, and I'm kind of ready to at least start the process of being done. I do plan to do a master's degree in mm-hmm. performance eventually, but for now, just I got 13 classes left, so I'm just trying to knock it out. Okay, do it. I have another friend who is going back to school. I do not believe he's going full time. Well, 
it's still it. He's been going, yeah, he's been going part-time for several years. And well, it's, he never made that immediate jump to college. He got his life situated and figured out first. And it's, it's been rough, but I got to hand it to the guy. He's been doing one or two classes a semester, been doing the summer classes. Yeah. Oh, it's blessings upon you for, <laughs> for going through. Oh, I, yeah. Just the whole college. I'm happy I did it when I did. I personally was not mature enough for college. <laughs> Admittedly, same. I, was, I wasn't it ready was, and I, I was, was made not ready. to go. I was made to go and it was a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't it, it really was. I, I've had to explain that little hiccup in my academic history at a few... Story of my life. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I've had to explain that a few times, but luckily it's like, okay, so in high school I had a job. I was on the track team. I was uh, in the band. I was doing tech competitions. I was doing the musical and all that good stuff. I went to college. Yep. Don't have a job. Not on the track team. Not doing any performance. It happens. Yeah. It happens. It does. Okay. So... Let's just jump into that then. What is going on? We'll start with Queenship Game Studio. What's going on with that? Well, uh, there's there's a bit of a story here. Uh, Excellent. We've got so, right. <laughs> so, as you know, yes. I, I run a classical ensemble called Geek Musica, and we specialize in the performance of video game and film music. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been doing that for almost four years now. And during my time with Geek Musica, I realized that I really loved the idea of composing for video games. So eventually I discovered the Tech Valley game space and they do all kinds of neat game making events, most notably Game Jam. And this is what happens when you keep telling your computer, no, install updates later. Eventually, it'll just take matters into its own hands in the most inopportune times. Back. Unfortunately, my computer decided to just crash on me in the middle of that. But we were, thank you, Audacity, for recovering the entire file. So all is not lost. And we left off. You decided that you wanted to get into video game music composing and that the Tech Valley Game Space does some game jam. So tell me about the game jam. Right. So a game jam is an event where you create a working prototype of a video game in a set amount of time, typically a weekend. Okay. Um, so to date, I've done four Ludumdari game jams. Oh, wow. Um, and Ludumdari is like a, a global community of people who do this sort of thing pretty much as often as events are hosted. So... You create a working prototype, um, you submit it, and then you you go around and you play and you read other people's games and they do the same for you, and then at the end of the play slash rate period, there's a scoring. Okay. Um, so during... I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So my first, my first game jam was just an incredibly good time. Like I didn't know anybody here, but I showed up and I was like, hey, you know, I really want to I really do video game competition and... Nobody laughs. Nobody said, "Oh, that's really silly." You know, like, "Oh, cool, come on in." You know, because you're Let's... with your people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, the the first day, I I wrote a ton of music for the game that I was working on, and I went away thinking, you know, I could so get used to doing this eight hours a day because this is just, this is my jam. <laughs> that ain't a bad deal. No, absolutely not. So I just kept doing them, and then during a uh, a later game jam, I want to say it was last fall. Potentially. Potentially. Um, I lose track of time and stuff like that with big events, but be that as it may, um, I ended up working on a game with a nearly all-female team. 
And the theme for that particular jam was uh, running out of space. So the, the game's creator, who's, who's on the queenship team, her name's Mahua, she's wonderful. Okay. Um, she came up with the idea of a game that involved mental bandwidth. So okay. she, she created a visual novel about anxiety and agoraphobia. And for anybody who suffers from any sort of mental illness, okay. the, the concept of mental bandwidth or spoons, as we talk about in the, in the chronic illness community, is really, really critical. So long story short, we, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on it and we got incredibly high ratings from the Ludumdari community. Nice. I think our lowest ranking was like 12th or 13th percentile. Okay. Um, so we did really, really well and we got some very meaningful feedback from members of the community who either were sufferers, new sufferers, or like had worked on a game that was similar in theme or style. So it was just, it was extraordinarily well received. And the experience of working on a team with all women was very novel for me. Okay. Um, and I feel like it's a novel one just in game development as a sure. as, an in, as an industry because we're not well represented. Well, I mean, it's it's a science and technology yes. field. Yep. Ergo, very male dominated. Women everywhere. Mm-hmm. So exactly, exactly. So. I suggested to to Mahua at some point, like, you know, I really feel like this should continue development because it was so well received and like we could we could help people with mm. this. So she she was in the beginning kind of unconvinced <laughs> about even though she, she really loved she loves the idea of, you know, just working on games for a living, as do we all really. But eventually I you know, I convinced her. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and you know, we had a, we had a few other people join our team, some of whom had also worked in the original prototype. So uh, Tess, Tess and Mahua serves narrative designers okay. for Queenship. And then we have uh, Frederica who is uh, who's on staff at the Game Space. She's our programmer. Oh, cool. And then the Game Space did a uh, diversity incubator called Liftoff last year. Um, okay. And we're going into our, our second annual event uh, coming up this summer. So the, the idea of the Diversity Incubator is to provide game development training to underrepresented groups that want to enter game development professionally. So last year we did, uh, we focused on women and non-binary folks. And that's when our illustrator came into the picture, Christina. And she's, she's an amazing artist. Um, she really has brought a a beautiful visual aspect to our game. Um, so I was, I was very happy to have, uh, to have worked with her on Liftoff. But it's a, it's a wonderful team. We're super communicative with each other. We do weekly meetings and collaboration to, to work on the ship. So it's just been a really wonderful experience. But I wouldn't have met any of those women without the game jams, without Liftoff, mm-hmm. without the game space. So... I'm getting a little sappy, but I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's very near and dear to my heart. So now that's most of what I do for Queenship. I write, uh, I write all the music and I do some okay. sound design and I assist our writers a little bit with narrative and, and dialogue. And it's, it's great. It's awesome. I love it. All right. This is all great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what is the Is there a particular title that you're working on? Is Yes. Okay. Uh, so we we have decided to continue uh, development of the original game that we worked on uh, during the game jam. It's called Open Spaces. Okay. Um, and it references the um, it references agoraphobia, which is principally the fear of open or crowded spaces. 
um, in the original Greek, it meant fear of marketplaces. But I mean, okay. the idea of a marketplace, you know, brought up in spaces, lots of people, lots of noise, um, is pretty broadly applicable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know plenty of people where it's like, hey, you want to go to this event? And the response is, <laughs> people. <laughs> people. Yeah. Um, but anxiety and agoraphobia also have a pretty high comorbidity with one another. Okay. I can um, see that. Yeah. So it's and anxiety, as far as I know, is the most commonly diagnosed mental illness in the world, aside from depression. I can see that. So it's, um, so we, we talk a lot about you know, the, the seriousness of, you know, the subject matter and what we're trying to do. But ultimately what we're trying to do aside from, you know, carve out a living for ourselves because we've all got goals the, and we, yeah, we all have bills to pay and all that. But I mean, what we're really trying to do is to validate the symptomology of people that suffer from these disorders and to destigmatize uh, the public narrative mm. about mental illness. Um, so it's a mission that's pretty important to all of us because all of us have something going on in the brain box. In different, varying levels. Mm-hmm. We, yep. we all have our own quirks. Yep. I feel like the stigma is dying, but I don't know if that is a product of the people that I associate with. Um, you know what I mean? I do, yeah. Because, I mean, you, when, you, when you have a you know, chronic illness or a disorder, mm-hmm. you tend to gravitate people who can relate to that unique type of suffering. Gotcha. Um, but, I mean, one of my teammates literally just got a message in her, you know, her private inbox last okay. week receiving criticism from a person who didn't think that she should be publicly talking about mental health because it could be bad for our company. And, yeah. So I'm making faces right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Face was exactly the one I made. I was just like, WTF? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, we're a company that makes games about mental health. Yeah, that's like your purpose. Right. <laughs> right. But no, so, you know, she, she, she was just like, hey, you know, if you have a problem, can you talk about this? I'm like, no, you do you. That's, that is your space to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And like, nah, I'm not here for that. No, 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 no. Absolutely no. not. Because, I mean, I feel like I feel like that person was really missing the point of what we're trying to achieve. Yes. You know, us talking about mental health does not make us less capable as developers or business women. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to produce a less viable or quality product. No. Um, that we are doing this work in spite of our difficulties with mental illness. So it's just like, you are missing the entire point here. Yeah. Yeah, that's missing the point. Uh-huh. That's missing the point hard. Um, but overall, responses to um, our concept and the game prototype have been extremely positive. Mm, so we've had people um, who have one or both of those disorders play the game and go, wow, this really spoke to me. Okay. Um, we've had people who are neurotypical be like, wow, I know somebody that has these symptoms. Um, slash, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. you know, those particular people. Um, so we're really reaching a very broad audience with this particular game, which is a thing we, we hope to continue to do. Okay. So uh, are you comfortable speaking any more about the game itself, like the, any part of the narrative or anything like that? Well, I don't, I don't want to overdo it with details because okay. uh, we're, we're going to be shipping in October on uh, World Mental Health Day. Um, that's October, October 10th. That's our aim for date uh, for ship. But so the, the, the novel explores 
anxiety and agoraphobia through the lens of four different characters, all different heritages, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different family situations. Um, so we're trying to illustrate the fact that these these disorders, these illnesses can happen to literally anybody. It doesn't matter cool. how good your life supposedly is, mm-hmm. how great your family is, it can happen to anyone. I've seen that happen. I've had my own experiences in my youth as I was trying to figure out this wild and crazy world. Yeah. It really can affect anyone because it doesn't matter how... I don't want to be dismissive, but I'm going to use the term superficial. Yep. How good your life is superficially. Right. Because just because you have high-end material goods. Right. Stressful situations are still stressful situations. Poor relationships are still poor relationships. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that the price tag is of a different value. Right. Okay. Right. And it doesn't even necessarily matter if you have, you know, if you have extremely supportive family and friends. I mean, having a a community that supports you, having a family that supports you definitely makes it easier to to cope, assuming they're doing that constructively. So it lessens the suffering, but it doesn't fix it. And I think that that is, that's probably a point of conjecture that people still have a hard time really grasping is that there are a lot of things that can make things more bearable, but there's no fix for mental illness ever. There's only management. Okay. Okay. Um, So is this going to be like a narrative experience? More or less, um, there's there's a fair amount of dialogue because there's a number of characters. We have their you know our main protagonist, and then there's uh, both you know secondary protagonists and antagonists in each okay. story. So we really what we're really trying to do is a, a visual novel reads very like a book. Yes. Um, so you know there's I've there's started getting into some of yeah, the, the yeah. novels and the narratives. Uh, mm-hmm. um, PSN this month, I believe the. What happened to Edith Finch? Mm. So I haven't played it yet, but I got it tagged <laughs> to download. I have also played a few puzzlers, and everybody's gone to the rapture. Mm. Really good game. I'll, really, really, I'll really definitely, good. Definitely, I'm going to make a note of it right now. Okay, <laughs> that is really good. I believe that won a few BAFTA awards, and uh, yeah, the. I'll let you look into it. We'll talk about it after recording. <laughs> what is, what is it's, it? It's called again? Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Got it. Okay. I will check it out. Thank yeah, you. Super good game. Really good. So cool. So October 10th, hoping to be shipping that out. Definitely be looking. Is that going up on Steam? PC? What? We, in the interest of complete disclosure, we have some feelings about Steam. Okay. <laughs> but um, it will be available uh, at least on itch.io. Um, we're probably going to put it on Game Jolt and let's see other platform we were, we were looking at. Uh, we're going to try to get it on Galaxy of Games. Okay. Um, so, you know, links will be forthcoming, of course. Yes, I was going to say, definitely send me some links. Absolutely. Or send me some info on that. Absolutely. For when that comes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, we had mentioned it uh, at the very beginning of our conversation, <laughs> Geek Musica. Yes. Which is the first time I actually met you, what, like two years ago? Yeah. Two or three years yep, ago? I was, was still starting this podcast up. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was, wasn't it at the 8-Bit Bash? At yes, the bar? it was the 8-Bit Yeah, bash. I thought that was fun. It was <laughs> so was fun. Time. 
yeah, I had, I think some of my other friends had shown interest on Facebook mm-hmm. at oh, the event. And I saw them like, oh, a bit match. That sounds interesting. Let's take a look at that. Sure, I'll you know, say maybe or that I'm going to whatever I did on Facebook. And I saw one of the posts where you're looking for vendors and people to take up uh, some vendor tables. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to do vendor space at different cons mm-hmm. to get the word out for this podcast. Uh, hey, I don't have anything to sell, but I do a video game podcast. Is it cool? Is it cool? Is it cool? <laughs> yeah. I was thrilled. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So that was a good time. So a little bit about that. I'm going to ramble off a little bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> totally fine. And so the Apex Bash was at the Albany Barn. Mm-hmm. Awesome location. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome people running that. And it was Geek Music was just was that your I don't want to say first perform was it first performance was it no definitely uh, not okay although our our first performance was uh, if memory serves it did take place at the barn okay it was at the barn okay um but you had yourself like a little con yeah (laughs) yeah no basically and that that was kind of the idea you know just to get get a lot of people who were into that kind of Mm -hmm. 8 and 16 bit video games who made stuff who sold stuff out and like you know try to try to help them like make some money get them some exposure all this kind of thing um so I've done I've done a lot of work with the barn over the years and they've been super wonderful to us beautiful um for for a while they were sponsoring us for uh practice space um, but we, we ended up having to, to kind of slide our slot over to another group who had more money than we did. Well, and, business you know, is business. That, exactly. And poor Casey, she felt so bad about it. She's just like, you know, we really don't want to. I'm like, no, it's, it's, fine. it's fine. They have money. We don't. We'll work around. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all good. But I'm, I'm hoping to do another event with them at some point in the not too distant future. So how long has Geek News Go been going on? Um, it'll be four years this August. Okay. Um, so I, I started it when I was still studying music at SUNY Schenectady, and we've had a we've had a lineup change since then. Okay. Um, but we've we've played a bunch of shows. Uh, we're going to be at the Empire Game Expo in July. Oh yes. Um, and we're working on a we're working on an event here at the Center of Gravity uh, with the executive director, which is similar to the Bit Bash, okay. but. Um, it's called the Indie Games Bash. Okay. So the idea, and you know, any any aspiring game developer should take note. <laughs> um, essentially, it's going to be a juried show of prototypes um, for existing games from local game developers. So anything that's either in prototype prototype stages, ready to demo, or games that have been released in the last year are eligible for submission. Okay. So there's uh, there's some there's going to be some details going out about that pretty soon because it's going to be in October. Mm-hmm. But we're pretty excited about it. So just you know to have the community come in and see all these awesome games that people locally are working on. So it's going to be going to be fun. I think that Geek Musical will be performing at that particular event. Okay. So, nice. Hmm. So let's talk about Geek Musica itself. When did you start? How did you come up with the idea? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, definitely a good story. Okay. Um, so when I was at Schenectady, um, Dr. Meckley was the chair of the music department, and he has since retired. Mm-hmm. Um, he was wonderful to me the whole time I was there, but I, I, I just kind of waltzed into his office one day, if you'll pardon the pun. Hey. And, <laughs> and I said, you know, I'd really love to put on a concert of both, you know, um, faculty and students performing video game music because it's just such a beautiful area of music. I feel like it doesn't get enough appreciation. He's just like, that's a really great idea. Do you have XYZ materials? Um, I'm like, 
I have some scores. Mm-hmm. I could use some help in locating more of them. Um, but I don't, I didn't have the format that he was looking for, for like orchestral performance. You know what? This is how we start. Exactly. Exactly. But he said, but it is a really good idea and I would like to do it. And if you end up, you know, assembling those materials, please let me know and I'll help you organize something. So I didn't wind up having time that particular academic year to really organize in the way that he like needed me to. Okay. Um, but the idea of doing it never really left my head. So gotcha. I started talking to some of my classmates and I was like, you know, what, what do you guys think about this? And a lot of people really enthusiastic about the idea of performing video game music or film music. Um, so I, so I said to myself, why not make it a regular thing? We could, you know, like we could go out in the community and perform for people on a regular basis. Um, so I, I basically just messaged all the musicians that, you know, that, that had expressed enthusiasm in the idea. We ended up with a lineup of originally four people, and then we eventually expanded to six, okay. um, you know, a couple of years later. Um, one, a couple of them have, have left for other jobs. Um, so it's just like absolutely, music absolutely. One of them, one of them ended up transferring to SUNY Fredonia, where he's studying for a composition degree. I'm super proud of him. Hey. Um, so no, but it's uh, it's it's been quite a ride, mm-hmm. um, but it's been very well received by the community, and uh, we actually did wind up getting a uh, a DEC grant um, from the NISCA fund a couple oh, of years gosh. ago. So we we didn't we didn't really make it around to the application this year because we were all really busy and we were sort of determining what our staff needs were for a while um but we're hoping to get a new one next year um yeah absolutely but our our mission really was not just to play music that was really fun but to make classical music much more accessible than it currently is um i wholeheartedly agree with that Mm -hmm. because gaming music i recently did a presentation at the empire state uh comic-con about art in gaming and how gaming has matured to the point where the art within gaming has matured, basically. And scores these days, and even going back, I mean, as far back as you want to go, as the technology, the premise of my talk was as technology has developed, so has the art that we are able to create. Right. And even by 10 years ago or so, there are full orchestral arrangements. Yeah. And games. Uh-huh. And I've listened to a few interviews from like various people. And basically the assumption is more people are consuming classical and orchestral music today than any point in history mm-hmm. because all of the gaming and movie soundtracks. But not just that, um, you know, classical music has become much more accessible via streaming sites like Pandora, Spotify, you know, all of that. Um, But video game music is just kind of its own thing, really. Mm -hmm. It's not really, it's not full-blown, we're going to the symphony type of music. Not usually, yeah. But no, so it's just, it's background. 
sometimes. Yeah. It's pleasant to listen to. It's sometimes very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm thinking of some of the music we've performed is from World of Warcraft. I'm a huge nerd about World of Warcraft. <laughs> and I'm thinking of some of the uh, some of the compositions from um, the Missa Pandaria expansion. Some okay. of them are just really, really fun and bouncy mm-hmm. and lively and they make you want to giggle. Yeah. And then okay. there's some that's like really dark and serious, like some of the stuff from Wrath of the Lich King and Burning Crusade, very serious, very dark. Um, so there's this huge range of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I remember that, so a few of the pieces that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. at the 8-Bit Bash was some of the Final Fantasy three. Themes. Oh yeah, we we get a lot of demand for that. Yeah, I, I think it was Terra's theme. Yes, memory serves. We to to date, um, that is one of our most commonly requested pieces. Oh. Is Terra's theme because um, it's, it's such a great game. It it's such a great game. And and yes, I'm using the term Final Fantasy three because <laughs> that's what was on the cartridge when I played it in the nineties. So shut up. <laughs> composition he's up at a union college um so now i don't have to do all the arranging by myself which means we'll be able to play more concerts because you know for this whole time i was the only person who was doing all our arranging it was a solo task so that's a lot yeah i mean i I loved doing it but sometimes i would just dread how many hours it would Mm. take me to finish a particular piece because some of the music we perform is fairly challenging material yeah um especially like all our stuff from lord of the rings and like that so not not always a picnic (laughs) you know (laughs) well and also working with the instrumentations of the musicians that you had because mm-hmm. certain okay, a, a little critique 
the Skyrim theme didn't work for me. It, it was, did not work. Okay. <laughs> it did not work for anybody because it mostly um, we did not have. We had a large enough group, but we didn't have the right instrumentation. Okay. Really, it needed it needed heavier percussion. It mm-hmm. needed more strings. And it needed the vocalists to really make it work, and we just didn't have the voices for it. I feel like that was the that was the linchpin. We just didn't have the voices. We tried. <laughs> well, it takes so many voices. Yeah. For that. Like yeah. that's just everything about that thing. Right. It's just big. Yeah. Big numbers, it's super big, big sound, big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could have done it with you know maybe three or four really strong bass singers, okay. but we we've only ever had a few uh, a few gents mm-hmm. and not all of them sing. Uh, so yeah. The only other way I could have seen that work was there is one YouTuber I think her name is Malika, mm-hmm. and she did a very beautiful acoustic cover, just like her voice and well she harmonized with herself, did that whole like, split. Like, Right. Just like so, her hers, I guess I'll say, and her guitar. Yep. So I think maybe if you were to attempt one of those bigger songs, mm-hmm. but we're going to do an acoustic version where it's right. rather than trying to balance out all the instruments, like nope, this is just going to be this person's right, band. and we're just going to do like a voice or two and a guitar, and like that's it. Right. I feel like it's it's easier too if you're recording it because like layering things like that live is definitely oh. like more difficult. Yeah. Um. You know, another project I manage, uh, Siren. It's a dark wave project, and I do everything solo. So okay. I do all the instrumental composition by myself, and then you know I I layer my voice on my voice on okay. my voice. So it's much easier to generate a larger sound than it is with you know just me mm-hmm. live right um but we are we are sort of tossing around the idea of producing an album this year mm-hmm. so hopefully okay we can uh we can tackle some of the larger stuff um but yeah critique accepted okay <laughs> <laughs> very gratefully accepted time for a quick audible interlude for you the listeners of video game crosstalk podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash vgxtpod and sign up for your free trial and download one of over 180,000 titles such as the last wish by andre sapkowski Narrated by Peter Kenny. And this is the first book of the Witcher series. Are you familiar with the Witcher series? I am. I just started playing that game. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) So I haven't played any of the previous ones. And Witcher 3, like the the complete edition, was on a massive discount on PSN. Like, all right, I need to get this. I never played it when it was first out because it came out right as I was finishing Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't dive into another 200 plus hour fantasy RPG. Like, I can't, I can't do that right now. I need to cleanse that palette. Relatable. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I love the game. Absolutely. But that, that's a big, that's a big commitment. Uh, so I started it up maybe a week or so ago. But then some other shinies came out in Destiny, and I abandoned it again. But I need to, <laughs> I need to get that. I am playing on. Give me a story difficulty. 
because time is precious. I just like that. That's true. I played God of War. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. That's another good one to look into the music for also. Uh, I played that on Give Me a Story difficulty. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely see where I was missing out on the experience as far as the combat was concerned. Mm -hmm. Because I could basically just hack and slash my way through the game. Right. And I could tell as I kept unlocking more and more abilities and skills, like, I'm supposed to be doing more here. Right. I'm, I'm like, not even touching (laughs) these skills and attacks, but I... <laughs> By the time I get my son down for bed, it's like eight o'clock. Yep. And I wake up at five forty-five. Yeah, I know. Little bit. So I've been playing. Uh, give me a difficulty. Or uh, give me a story difficulty. And I'm hoping to finish that before the Netflix series comes out because that. <laughs> there we go. Double down on that because mm-hmm. I guess Frank Cal uh, is going to be playing Carol, and nice. he has admittedly played Witcher Three and all of DLC multiple times. <laughs> so the man knows his source material, mm-hmm. and I was kind of skeptical of Superman being Carol. I wasn't sure how this is going to look. Yeah. He's played through that full game multiple times. He knows what's up. He knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I expect like, that. Yeah. So again, that is The Last Wish by Andre Sapkowski. And just go to audibletrial.com slash VGXTPod to start your free trial. All right. So we're going to move on to some tech and geekery. And while this isn't necessarily tech, it's definitely in the sciences. Mm. So we're going to talk about gaming disorder is recognized by the world organization mm. and it's quite apropos for this to come through being that Queen of Games has the focus on mental health. Correct. So this came out, this originally came out a good while ago when they first introduced it and based on this article uh, and I'm, the article I'm going to post is from GameSpot but it's going to essentially get the same article no matter what outlet you go to. Right. Uh, states that it is actually the 11th revision of this hmm. submission. So it's been back and forth a few times. Mm-hmm. And I can... I understand the eye-rolling that this has received. It's understandable. I understand I it. disagree with it. Yeah, I, I don't respect it. Right. <laughs> I think it's very easy to to make a judgment about gaming addiction if you've never suffered addiction or if you don't game. Because there are people that don't. Sure. But no, it's, it's a very important disorder to to talk about. Um, because, I mean, it's you can be addicted to games like anything else. Drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. um, gambling, um, yes. et cetera, et cetera. So, um, on a personal level, I have suffered from a game, from gaming addiction. Okay. Um, but it was, it was during a time in my life where I, I had very little to keep me connected to the world around me. Okay. Um, I was living in a city very far away from where I grew up. I had no real friends. Mm-hmm. I was in a very unhappy relationship. Mm-hmm. And you add all of that onto a person who's already depressed, who's already anxious, who already has post-traumatic stress. 
Um, it was just a little too much. So I really didn't do very much outside of work besides drink and play WoW. (laughs) And it's... WoW is like the classic one that they usually talk about. To be honest, um, it's really... I love WoW. Okay. um, For many, many reasons. But because it is such a large game, Mm -hmm. there is endless opportunity to explore, to talk to people. Um, you know, there's just, there's a tremendous amount of content. Mm-hmm. And if what you're really trying to do is escape from your own mind, it's a good game for that. Very good. Yes. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if Blizzard has really talked a lot about, you know, people that are addicted to WoW because it's still a problem. Mm-hmm. But it's, it also kind of begs the question of like, well, how can we, how can we make, how can we make spaces for people to talk about like what they're going through? Because addiction isn't, isn't just a disorder. It's a symptom of something else. Um, and addiction just in general is extremely common in, you know, the, uh, the mentally ill, the mental illness community, um, you know, from, from drugs and alcohol to gaming and gambling and, you know, sex, literally anything. So it's, I mean, obviously this is a little bit difficult for me to talk about because okay. I can strongly relate to it, but I would like, I think I would like Queenship to, to, to tackle this particular disorder at okay. some point. I don't know like what the execution would be. And also it seems like an ironic thing to say, we're going to make a game about gaming addiction. That can be done. Another link I will be posting in the show notes is to the Mayo Clinic. Mm. And this talks about uh, addiction in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title of this article, and actually this one's very recent, because mm-hmm. they, they must have updated this, because it's saying updated on, or the date on this article is Sunday, March 10th, 2019. And mm-hmm. I know I've referenced this before mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> And they do reference video games in the description, but what this article really states is not any addiction in particular. It's more the symptoms and the traits of addiction right. as a whole. And I think this is where would, this would be a good starting point. Absolutely, because it's not necessarily a, my kid plays too much Fortnite. Right. Okay. My knee-jerk reaction to that statement is. Be a parent, turn off the game system. Right. It, it should have gotten to that point. Yeah. Right. So be a parent. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll start there. But, and part of your story as far as escapism is concerned, mm. I sometimes herald that as like a benefit of gaming, but at the same Absolutely. time, it can help you get through a difficult spot. Yes. But it sounds like people go into the escapism but never come back out. Precisely. Okay. There was, so I've been in a number of guilds in a while okay. over the years. And that, honestly, I feel like that was what ultimately brought me out of it. Um, really? Yeah. It, it sounds a little bit strange to say so, but the, the first guild I ever joined uh, was a RP slash PVP guild called the Dark Heart of Azeroth. <laughs> and, you know, I made, I made some very good friends when I was in that guild, some of whom I am still friends with. Okay. And once I felt like I was being listened to when I talked about, you know, some of the, some of the difficulties I had 
um, with living, you know, having people validate what I was going through and having people give me sometimes some very stern advice about the sort of things they felt I should be doing. I was able to get myself to a point where I didn't need that escapism as much because I was being, I was being heard by a community online that I lacked in real life. Um, and ultimately what wound up happening was with the support of that community that I connected with, I moved back home. I found a new job. I, I returned to my family and my friends and I was able to stop wanting to just not be living my life. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, my, my justification, I don't want to say justification because it sends a little judgmental on myself, but for lack of a better description, my justification for just always being online was it's better than suicide. I would rather be playing the game and maybe have a possibility at, you know, having a better life later mm-hmm. than kill myself. Okay. But the, there are some really great communities in the game. Um, I, you know, I still, I, I run another RP guild now and okay. you know, all of us have our, okay. our difficulties. We all support each other. For the non-wild player, because I, yes. I'm a filthy casual. Totally uh, fine. <laughs> um, RP? Role play. Okay. Uh, so I play on Wormrest Accord, which is a uh, um, a West Coast based role okay. play server. Um, so most of the people on that server will form guilds around just interaction with other characters, generating storylines. Oh, um, interesting. You know, character to character or group to group interaction. Okay. Um, and sometimes, sometimes we'll actually um, will merge RP with. Um, environmental exploration so we'll go into dungeons we'll go into zones and we'll we'll role play through them um we'll role play through missions through dungeon crawls so all this it's okay. great it's super great wow um, okay. and it's weirdly enough um becoming a active role player has made me a better writer <laughs> because, I can see that. yeah sure. so you, you basically have to live write a story with other people okay so as real as gaming addiction is, and as many people as I've known who have been very addicted to certain video games, there are there are communities that can and will support you through it. Yeah. Um, like I, I literally, I literally had people do, say to me, like, you know what, you you've been online for like the past six hours. Go outside. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to see you back here until tonight. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, uh, I'm gonna go we outside. Go. <laughs> I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't do what I said, they would yell at me. <laughs> support exactly that is proper support and i'm going to give a quick shout out to one gaming community because they're doing great great things uh, it's no secret that i'm a huge fan of destiny because i talk about it way too much. destiny but is so great I love it. Yeah. Uh, this one community in particular they actually rebranded themselves a few months ago they are now called project guardians and they used to be the state 14 project and state 14 is like your quintessential sentinel protector from the destiny lore and they are all about promoting mental health mental wellness they have uh, they do a weekly podcast talking about some gaming news but they have mental health professionals talking about stuff they do a deep dive into a character analysis yeah it's really cool that's amazing and they have specific chat rooms in their discord server for people to tell their story and they can even go into certain chats and just use the tag mental health professional Mm -hmm. and one of them will help you through a situation if need be that is amazing so they're really cool absolutely going to give them a shout out especially 
especially after this conversation. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And uh, I'll drop a link to some of their information in the show notes. Definitely do that. Excellent. So, but yeah, there there are groups and communities out there that that can and will help support you through your difficulties. Um, that being said, I cannot emphasize enough that returning to therapy was really okay. what kind of helped me, like ultimately, just kind of view gaming as a thing that I do sometimes to relax versus a thing that I need, need to do to escape my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, totally get it. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you, if you game, if you game a lot, that's fine. But mm-hmm. if you find yourself in a place where literally all you can think about is when you're going to get to game again, mm-hmm. talk to a person in real right. life. And that's actually, I'll bring it back to the Mayo Clinic article. Mm-hmm. It says signs of addiction, always wanting more, constantly needing more. Yeah. And I think this is probably one of the, to me, in my limited understanding mm-hmm. of it all, continuing despite negative outcomes. Right. That, to me, mm-hmm. my limited, I'm going to keep using that term, right. limited understanding, because I am not a mental health professional. No. But that seems to be, like, one of the biggest. It's a big sticking point, absolutely. And, you know, ultimately, um, if you suffer any kind of addiction and it goes untreated mm. and you go unsupported, it will destroy your life yeah. in some way or the other. You will lose friends. You will lose partners, spouses, children. Mm-hmm. Some really heartbreaking things can happen as a result of addiction. And that's not good. No, absolutely not. For a number of years, I lived with a partner who was an alcoholic, and he got treatment for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then he stopped, and then that was kind of that, and we don't really talk very much anymore. Because there's a whole there's a whole set of harmful behaviors that go along with addiction that won't just hurt you, they'll hurt the people that you care about. But I mean, obviously, if you're going to have treatment for an addiction, you should do it for yourself. Yes. But it's important to to recognize also that like your addiction will hurt people. My addiction hurt people. Mm. So get a little serious yeah. up in here, well, you know. something that I wanted to talk about because this is an important topic and don't roll your eyes it is a thing yes. I, I speak to the microphone <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we have time for one more article and E3 is coming everyone's talking about it uh, my listeners probably have better sources of information than what I'm going to give you <laughs> because I'm a working dad I don't have time to really invested like the deep dive on every single game mm-hmm. or to, I know Sony's not going to be there and they've just been doing some of their yeah Sony's not being there shocking uh, they've done a state of play and I guess as of today they released another trailer for Death Stranding which I still have no idea what one it's about it sounds fun <laughs> yeah uh, but one thing that I saw that piqued my interest was Netflix mm-hmm. is going to be there that's amazing. I'm like, what? <laughs> so they're going to be there, and I'm going to open up this article. Basically, more and more video game series are being produced as like Netflix originals. Mm-hmm. So we've already had Castlevania. Thank you. With so good. <laughs> and the first season was only season. I'm going to throw up the air quotes right there. <laughs> Four episodes. I was talking to, that was back when I had Ash Lyons on, and we were joking about how, like, we're 
we got our fat pants on, we got a bowl of nachos on, so we're, we're, we're ready to do this. And it's a... <laughs> Sad face. Yeah. Uh, so in this art, this is with PC Gamer that I've got, and the t- header image is... Uh, if you are a gamer of a certain age, which I think we both are, uh, that style should be familiar. Definitely. <laughs> that that three-quarter view, 16-bit, uh, little dungeon crawler type thing. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. But So they've had Castlevania. Mm-hmm. We just talked about how they're going to be bringing The Witcher as a series. I've seen other series of... Uh, Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. is in production. Oh, is it? I bel- That's official now? Now I'm hesitating. Mm-hmm. But, but there's been discussion of it. But the, That's encouraging. But the truth of the matter is, Netflix of all companies is going to be at E3. I guess they're going to have announcements? Mm. Uh, a, a while back, I got a joke with some friends about this. As in, hey, I covered it first. I covered it earlier. <laughs> as far as uh, Bandersnatch mm-hmm. episode, how you're able to choose your own adventure in Netflix. Netflix has already done that previously uh, with Puss in Boots and some other kids' show. Yes. So where you're able to like hit left or right and Puss eats pizza or crackers. That's, it's, <laughs> it's like a kids' show thing. So it's like yeah. super non intrusive. But. The fact that like, they've started with a simple kid show. Mm-hmm. So that's like your proof of concept, basically. Right. And then move on to some more serious topics and uh, narratives. So are they going to be bringing more of those choose-your-own-adventure episodes? Do they have some other... Yeah. Do they have some other series that they're looking for? Any, any thoughts on this? I haven't really heard... Um, anything besides the, the shows that you've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a huge Legend of Zelda fan, mm-hmm. I am still really hoping for a well-executed series. Yeah. They can um, do it. Absolutely they, do they could. It. They absolutely could. I just, I just saw that apparently there's going to be a game based on Stranger Things now, too. And that's just fantastic because uh, I love Stranger Things. The new season's coming. When's the new season coming out? I should know this before talking. But, yeah, it's definitely coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, I want to say by the fall. Yes. If memory serves. So, yeah, they're bringing a... And that's what the that top header image is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Netflix. Getting Netflix is so great. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. <laughs> so, something that I don't know if I'm necessarily comfortable with mm-hmm. is months ago, my wife and I, we finally have our own separate Netflix accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Why, though? <laughs> because we share our, well, we share our wife's account with many other people, so the suggested Netflix is just a mess. Yep. And I finally just, like, I want my own. Yep. Because we have certain nieces who share, we have certain friends who share, yep. and it's, it's all over the place. Mess. It's yep. just a mess. So, made my own. Mm-hmm. I have Count Olaf as my avatar. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so good. If you haven't watched uh, Lemony 
22nd series on Netflix. Oh, do yourself a favor and watch it. It is so overproduced and so ridiculous that it bets back on itself. It's super ridiculous. It becomes fabulous again. But I'm looking at all the suggested and everything super dark sci-fi and fantasy. Like, everything is super dark. Mm -hmm. I don't like what Netflix is telling me about myself, but that looks like an awesome series. That looks like an awesome movie. My uh, my feed is almost entirely uh, horror, action, and historical dramas. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what Netflix is telling me about myself, but, but they're right. <laughs> Precisely. They're, they're, they're basically right. Precisely. discussion because I am not going to complete this episode without talking about Capital Region Unlocked. Mm. And this one isn't so much a huge uh, story as far as local news is finally catching up with the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> am I right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. I saw, I saw that article in Times Union and I'm just like, where y'all been? <laughs> I mean, it's great that it's out there now, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's like, we've, we've been we've new. We've been doing this. We've been new, yeah. yeah. We've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, okay, so I referenced how I did a talk at Empire State, and one of the parts of that talk was uh, I was able to attend a panel discussion at the Hudson Valley Gamer Con, mm-hmm. and I had the heads of a bunch of the local major studios. Mm-hmm. And I was able to ask the question during the Q&A, how do you see gaming as a driving force of the arts? Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of like reiterating part of the uh, of my panel talk, but the guy from Velen Studios, no, Vicarious Visions, excuse mm-hmm. me, perked up when I asked him this, because apparently he's got a background in fine arts. Nice. And we discussed it a little bit, and it turns out that some of these major game studios hire more quote, artists than engineers mm-hmm. because that's what you interact, that's what you interface with. Right. Um, I feel like as time has gone on, I mean, because I, you know, I grew up with, you know, Nintendo Classic and Atari mm-hmm. and all that, but those games were a lot heavier, I think, on the programming side. You know, so as the technology has developed, we've got, you know, we've got game engines now, you don't even have to know how to code to make a game. Right. But the expectation that games are going to be beautiful and immersive and, you know, strongly, strongly visual is like an industry standard now. So yeah, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think we'll ever have more programmers on Queen Ship's team than we have artists or creative professionals. Yeah. I mean, you got the, you got the environment design, mm-hmm. well, well design, depending on what you're doing. Yep. Different textures. Yep. Um, something that I've, just got to notice as I am more conscious and I'm paying attention to it more. But clothing and fashion design, right. as far as like all your different armor sets depending yes. on the game, like that. Yeah, that's design. That has to yeah, be made. And you need to take that design and make like twelve variants of it mm-hmm. and apply it to different body types. Right. There's a lot going on there. Exactly. I'm thinking of Second Life. Okay. Um. Did you ever play Second Never Life? Never played Second Life. It's it's a really it's a neat um immersive game. It's like a contemporary usually contemporary MMO. Okay. But you can um there's all different kinds of like clothing skins and designs. There's different body types. As far as I'm, from what I know of what I have heard is mm-hmm. basically a second life. Yeah. Is what it's just your online yep. virtual self. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if there's a purpose to the game or if it's just kind of like an online community. 
It's a little, it's a little bit of both. Like it's, it's just super duper open ended. So you can kind of create your own gaming experience yeah. depending on what your interests are. Um, I'm thinking back to the old days of IMVU, which was a little bit soft. Yeah. I mean, you like customize different characters and um, you know all this sort of thing. But yeah. But yeah, the the news finally paying attention. Yeah. Finally paying attention. Yeah, we here. We be doing stuff. <laughs> you know. And uh, but it's good. It's it's good that you know it's getting that attention on, on a national, a more national level yes. now because it will help you know the game developers that live and work here to you know gain access to resources they need to make more of it. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's good. For the space, there's like the the appetite for games and more mm-hmm. variety of games just keeps on growing. Right. Right. And uh, we're gonna the last little bit. Uh, there will be a gaming expo. The Empire Game Expo is coming to Albany. It's going to be at the Red Lion Hotel uh, on Wolf Road, but links to that will be in the show notes. And the guys who are organizing that, super cool dudes I've been able to talk to at the past few cons that I've been at, and they've hooked me up with some tickets that I can use as a giveaway. So I will put a link in the show notes. I'll throw a link up on the socials. And it is one of your basic sweepstakes where, like my social media stuff, like Muse's social media stuff, like something, and get entries to win a pair of tickets to the Empire Game Expo. And I've got one of their flyers over here. Come here, you. I uh, want to verify. Yes, Saturday, July 13th at the Red Lion Hotel in Albany, New York. Empire Game Expo. I will absolutely be there. Same. Geek Musica will be there. Yes, we will. Doing a live performance. Yes, we will. And you'll be having a, a booth. Yes, um, we are about a third of the way through production on open spaces right now, um, so we will have a much more fleshed out prototype for people okay. to test. So hopefully you'll come and see us play, um, awesome. and definitely stop by the Queen Ship booth if you want to play test our game and let us know what you think. All right. Now we're going to move into the final segment of this, the final five questions. I ask the guests five questions at the end of every episode that range from irrelevant to irreverent. The first two always the same. The last three have the same. Here we go. First question, coffee or tea? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Give it to me. Give it to me now. <laughs> basically, yeah. I drink. I drink coffee basically every every day. Yes. Um. And the the running joke among Queenship is no game gets made without a lot of caffeine. No, I think that's an industry standard. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um. But I'm I'm the only one among us who drinks coffee regularly, so okay. I get picked on a little bit. But, but I also really love tea, especially matcha. So if you want to be my best friend, bring me some matcha. <laughs> Bring matcha to <laughs> PGX. Yes. Uh, so, we know you play some video games. I do. You, do you play any tabletop games? I do. I am a veteran player of Dungeons & Dragons. I started with Advanced D&D way back when. And that's when I stopped um, playing D&D. I, I have a co-worker who plays. She's got like a few campaigns going. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> no time right now, though. No time. Alas, alas. Yes. but yeah. So I played. Uh, you know, I played every edition of D anD D up until now. Okay. Um, I played Pathfinder, and okay. I'm going to be joining another um, 
I ended my Pathfinder campaign a couple of months ago. I'm going to be joining a new D&D campaign that takes place here at the COG um, in like two weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then, so I've looked at some of the new books and talked to my coworker mm-hmm. about it. Everything seems streamlined now. It is. It is well, super Back in my day, we had FACO, and no one understood how it worked. FACO was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. If I never see that word in print again, it'll be too soon. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, All right. So, on to the final three. So, your little game studio is Queenship Games. So, we're just going to talk about Queens for the next three questions. All right. All right. Question number three. Who's your favorite fictional queen? That requires some thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I... Only favorite queens are like okay, real we, people. Uh, you know what? Fine. Who's I it? I will admit to a certain amount of admiration for Cersei from Game of Thrones. Really? If for no this episode's other, over. <laughs> no spoilers, but there are qualities about her that I deeply admire. She was not a good person okay. at all, but she was extra- extraordinarily intelligent. Um, she was she was ruthless where she deemed it necessary, and she found she found a way to navigate um, as a woman in an extraordinarily male dominated world, and somehow uh, right up until the end of her life, managed to have significant amounts of power and money and all this kind of ridiculous stuff. None of which she deserved. Okay, but I respect her drive. Uh, you know what? I'll respect that answer. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. All right. Question number four. Are members of Queenship Games Studio required to do the Queen's wave to each other as you pass by? We do occasionally. Excellent. But it's not a requirement. <laughs> so. so what we're looking for, that, that indeed, the Queen's wave. Indeed. Indeed. All right. And finally, this has to do with the most legendary queen ever to grace our wonderful world, Freddie Mercury. Of Who course. would you have him do a modern duet with? Ooh. Let me think about it for a minute. I was kind of thinking of it myself. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Britney Spears. Really? Yes. Um, so I... Try not to judge me too harshly for this. Okay. I have been a Britney fan since my teens. Oh. And, you know, I... We all have our regrets. I, no, <laughs> no, no, I no, really... No, I, have, I, have, I have none. Um, some of her music has gotten me through some very difficult times. Okay. And just watching, watching the trajectory of her life, just, you know, her difficulties with family, her difficulties with her marriage, her children... Um, you know, the judgment that she faced being, you know, a, a liberated woman in a time where that really was not acceptable. Um, and she's still out there killing it. Okay. You know, she's still out there making music, making money, collaborating with other artists, you know, really, truly expressing herself in a positive way. Okay. And, you know, I, I honestly consider her a very good role model. Uh, particularly for young women who are just not about being oppressed. <laughs> um, so no, I, I respect her very much. Okay. Cool. And that is all the time we have for this episode. Time for end of show plugs. You can find the show notes for this and all previous episodes at videogamecrosstalk.com as well as all the social media contacts and the occasional blog posts when I get the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you can follow me around on Twitter, Instagram, PS4, and Twitch at HyperSyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X. And as for my guest, Muse, where can our beautiful listeners follow you on? You can follow us at Facebook.com slash CleanShipGameStudio, uh, Twitter.com slash CleanShipGames. Um, and if you're feeling generous, you can pledge to us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash CleanShipGameStudio. All right. And if you are a gamer or know a gamer that wants to talk some tech and science news, let me know. Do you know some tech news that you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have any other general questions you'd like to hear answered on the show? Send an email to videogamecrosstalk at gmail.com or tweet at the show using the hashtag AskVGXT and give me the details on what's going down. Please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media networks. And we can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much every other podcast network. One last time, thank you for hanging out with us. And Muse, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. And in the words of Walt Disney, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing.